Good hello, and welcome to the July 21st, 2020 edition of the Community Engagement Newscast, a quick look into what's happened and what's coming up. Today's edition of the program is sponsored by Mead Oriental Rugs, located on 4th Street Northeast in downtown Charlottesville. Open by appointment, call 971-8077 to set up your visit. Learn more at the Instagram account, Rug Merchant's Daughter. The Virginia Department of Health has posted another 996 new COVID-19 cases this morning, and the seven-day positive rate for all testing encounters has risen to 8.2% statewide, up from 7.7% on Monday. VDH reports another 17 deaths for a cumulative total of 2,048. Another death has been reported in the Thomas Jefferson Health District for a cumulative total of 30. The TGHD reports 26 new COVID cases with 10 in Albemarle, 6 in Charlottesville, 4 in Green, 5 in Fluvanna, and 1 in Nelson. The rate of positive tests for all testing encounters is 6.7%, down one-tenth of a percentage point from yesterday. There are no scheduled public COVID-19 mass testing events today, but several are coming up in the days to come. Free drive through tests will be offered on Wednesday in Nelson County at the Rockfish River Elementary School from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Appointments are required, and you can call 434-972-6261 to set one up today. drive through tests will be conducted in Fluvanna County at the Kent Store Arc Community Center from 8 to 10. Also call 434-972-6261 to sign up. Centara Martha Jefferson will hold a free event at Washington Park on Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. This event is intended for communities of color and registration is not required. Charlottesville City Council concluded their meeting last night at around 2.30 a.m. after a full meeting that's going to take another day to get through. But here's the tail end of the eight-hour-long meeting. Thank you. Good night. I'm going to click the button now. (laughs) Earlier in the evening, Council agreed to proceed with a funding request to redevelop the intersection of Preston Avenue and Grady Avenue, along with three other transportation projects. Council voted three to two on a motion to proceed with smart scale applications that are due in early August. Several nearby residents had asked for the Preston Grady project to be put on hold. Vazina Howard is the president of the 10th and Page neighborhood, and she said that nearly 300 signatures were collected opposing the project. I believe that rerouting the traffic to Grady Avenue is an error with which a high volume of traffic will create additional congestion issues for residents on the adjacent side of the street. And I believe it's important and more than ever, those who are in positions of power should be listening to residents who have long lived in this neighborhood. City traffic engineer Brennan Duncan explained he did not think vehicles would be pushed onto Grady Avenue because many of them want to get elsewhere. He said future development on Preston Avenue, as well as the redeveloped Dairy Central, require the intersection to be reconfigured to handle higher traffic volumes. He said the current configuration is flawed. We we know that the, the history of it, we know that, you know, when Preston happened, it, you know, it did separate the um, historically African-American community of like 10th and Page from Washington Park, um, you know, reducing this back down to one intersection, one light um, where we can kind of control pedestrian crossings, um, I think is a, a huge benefit for, you know, trying to, to reconnect that community, you know, to the park that was historically theirs. 
The Preston project was supported by Mayor Nakaya Walker and Councilors Lloyd Snook and Heather Hill. Vice Mayor Cena McGill and Councilor Michael Payne opposed it. Payne said the smart scale process itself needs to be reviewed. I think it tends to promote urban sprawl and is a flawed process. Granted, that's out of our control. Um, and, and as was outlined, this is a kind of thing where if we were to prove it tonight, it's still 10 years until um, anything even begins to happen. And if we didn't approve it, that could be 14, 15 years, maybe even longer than that. My concern is about what happens with the institutional inertia of this process and outside of our intentions about the future of the corridor, what will actually happen. The smart scale applications next go before the Metropolitan Planning Organization's Policy Board at their meeting at 4 o'clock on Wednesday. In other city infrastructure news, the construction of the Belmont Bridge replacement is now expected to begin in the spring of 2021. City transportation staffer Jeanette Janacek sent an email to the public that stated council will be briefed on funding for the project on August 3rd. There are $5 million in the current year's capital improvement program to pay for previous design work, which has been in process since 2010. There is also a plan in the works to create 60 temporary parking spaces to replace those that will be lost under the bridge. The developer of a proposed 370-unit apartment and townhouse complex near Forest Lakes on US-29 had the chance Monday to share details of the plan in a virtual community meeting. RST Development of Virginia Beach purchased the Ridgewood Mobile Home Park and a former motel last fall for around $6 million and are seeking a rezoning for more residential density. Valerie Long of the firm Williams Mullen represents RST Development. We're proposing a maximum of 370 units, which is comprised of 254 apartments and 108 townhome units. One member of the public asked what would happen to the residents of the mobile home park. Long said there are plans to address their future housing needs. Our project team has been working very closely with them since they purchased the property in November. Um, as some may know, but it was under common ownership and management by a prior owner for over 30 years. I think he acquired the property in 1988 and he was managing it um, all along, or at least to our understanding for a long time. And when um, Scott and Todd at RST Development um, started meeting with him, one of the first the things he cared about the most was ensuring that the residents in the community already had plenty of time to find, make other arrangements and not be um, displaced on very short notice. Long said residents have until November to find a place to live, but RST Development is willing to grant an extension. The rezoning will now move on to the Planning Commission for a public hearing in the near future. In today's meetings, the Greene County Board of Supervisors will hold an emergency meeting tonight at 6.30 p.m. to discuss the decision last week by the Rapidan Service Authority to take away Greene's administration of a plan to create a $45 million to $60 million reservoir. The Albemarle Economic Development Authority meets at 4 p.m. for a virtual meeting, with a presentation on the Seville Biohub from Executive Director Nikki Hastings, an update on business relief funding through the CARES Act, and a resolution to transfer grant money to Willow Tree related to their move to the redeveloped Woolen Mills. There will also be a review of the Albemarle Community Survey. There are two public hearings on the agenda for the Albemarle County Planning Commission, beginning at 6 p.m., in the first, a changing the zoning ordinance is being reviewed to allow landscape contractors to operate within the rural area. 
In the second, Stanley Martin is seeking changes to the proffers for Spring Hill Village, a planned 100-unit community off of Avon Street Extended. They are seeking changes to the transportations agreed upon at the rezoning in the fall of 2014. And that's it for today's community engagement podcast and newscast and newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow with more information that you need to figure out how to get around this community. I'm Sean Tubbs, and thank you for listening.